Hi, my name is Krithi. And my name is David, and this is Conversations Recorded. Where we pick a different topic each episode and just talk. And there are the birds right on cue. <laughs> okay. I think this would be this will be a good time capsule, kinda remember how we're feeling and how the world feeling really mm-hmm. with what's happening. Yeah. What are you doing to keep yourself sane? I've been taking advantage of this time while the world is on pause. I'm still able to get a lot of stuff done that I've been meaning to do for a long time and that I've really wanted to do. So I've been I'm passionate in filmmaking, so I made a lot of really short films. This podcast is an example of like how much time I've been able to add to it previously that I could not, for example, making the logo and things like that. Mm-hmm. Reading, I've been reading like a book a week and I've been very fortunate actually to be staying with my family instead of where I live for work. This is the most amount of continuous time post high school and college that my immediate family will ever have to spend with each other. And I'm incredibly grateful for it, even though sometimes it gets a little dicey and where, you know, cabin fever and start barking at each other. But once everyone has their own corner for whether it's working at home and or doing school from home, uh, everyone has their own corner. And then we come back together. We, we, we do dinner together. And that's really, really nice. And I'm really grateful. So I've been very fortunate, I would say, in this whole situation, probably more than most. And I'm trying to help out others by giving people phone calls and stuff and doing not only self-investment, but investment in others. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, Well, I am naturally on the introverted end of the spectrum. I think I'm like most an ambivert. So I think this hasn't really been as much of an adjustment. I think, yeah, the cabin fever is very real. I'm very fortunate to still have a job that, and like to have a job that allows me to work from home. Interesting (laughs) to kind of Especially because I've been, you know, talking to friends more. I think that's also like it's been because I'm very, I mean, you know, this I'm pretty type A. I'm very much go, 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 super ambitious, want to get things done. Mm -hmm. I kind of thrive on being productive. I feel guilty if I'm taking a break, I'll say. And this has kind of been a very good way to kind of just take a step back and really focus on my mental health and my emotional well-being and really think about the things that make me happy and put more time into those things and I think it's also been a really good exercise in leaving work at work because that's especially Mm -hmm. important when you're working from home and you kind of you don't have the luxury and I know it sounds weird to say the luxury of a commute and Mm -hmm. I guess I can't like I'm fortunate enough to not have a long commute but like I can walk to work and I'm very lucky for that, but just the change of scenery, not having that anymore. I think it's become even more like I have to be aware of if something happens at work, the day doesn't go well. I have to leave that there because otherwise the whole day is kind of gone. And so that's kind of, and like, just like realizing like 24 hours seems like a lot more. And I think in a Mm -hmm. way that's been really good because I've just been able to do more and kind of just Mm -hmm. just kind of think about the things that I want to do it's like weird because I've been slowing down in some ways but also picking up speed in other avenues and Mm -hmm. and that's been but also like I still feel guilty sometimes because I do think it's very real to not feel super 
productive right now or to feel like you don't want to be productive to feel lethargic I think that's totally normal because yeah the people might normally be productive if they're working from home but this is obviously unusual circumstances you're going to be stressed you're going to be scared about things there's a lot more going on in your brain that's taking up your headspace so I also am trying Mm -hmm. to be more gentle with myself if I'm not being as productive as I'd like to be, if I'm not giving as much time to writing as I want to, things like that. But it's been interesting. Certainly has. And I think you and I are both very fortunate to have the privilege of being able to work from home as all the quote unquote essential workers, which they are, you know, on the front lines doing the things that actually keep society functioning, mail, groceries, health and service workers, just making sure all the bare necessities that we have. So we have plumbing, electricity right. in the places that we live. Those are the real heroes. Yeah. Any job that doesn't, that aren't those professions is kind of extra, but in, in the sense that it is added, right? Th- those essentials were like the necessities for society to function and to function well. And anything on top of that, that has grown from it because of that basis and that foundation we're able to grow even further. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that you can still make money by staying home years ago yeah, or decades ago? Totally new. You know, with the Spanish influenza that happened pretty much 100 years ago, we're pretty lucky that this happened in this time period because we can function and have a digital economy, if you will, where we still can do certain jobs and not everything is lost. Some jobs, unfortunately... You know, you need to be there. There are hands-on manufacturing or construction that needs to happen, but now you suddenly can't do it. That is what, what's also really hurting. But um, there's so, so many other positions as well that you still can do that work. And we're pretty, pretty lucky to have that. This recession was caused by an outside force where there's pretty much no control. And the only control that we have is mitigation. Rather than somebody screwed up in the financial markets and like there's a there's a blame right housing bubble burst all that crap associated with that there was a, there was a blame to that group and honestly rightfully so but for this the common enemy is this invisible enemy and we unite around that you're seeing some real raw goodness from humanity while all this evil or bad is happening around us the, the real danger is so many people are getting in hospitals at the same time. And that is why we're flattening the curve, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to prevent the health care system from being overwhelmed. So it's unique. And even in this really horrible time in history where there are so many deaths and sickness, there is that silver lining of recognizing what's important in your life, family, friendships, social connections and recognizing where you can be grateful having a job and if you don't have one having a moment to pivot or reflect and just focus on what you do have right now so it's a very unique time to be alive yeah yeah i think it's been a really good way to take stock of my life and i was always raised with the concept that no one's self-made and we've talked about this but I genuinely believe that I wouldn't be where I am without everyone you know 
whether they've played a small role or big role, people who have really taken care of me and of society in little ways as well. I, uh, similarly, you know how you felt like oh, I can't do anything and there's this problem that's happening around me and I, I feel helpless kind of at, at the mm-hmm. issue. I too donated stimulus money towards charities or organizations locally where I mm-hmm. live and internationally. Give the world the bandage yeah. you know, monetarily over, over money that I did not earn, mm-hmm. right? I was given. Yeah. So I, and also partially, you know, there's a kind of a psychological component of it too. It's like you were given money and you feel like guilty that the world's suffering, that guilt also inspired you to action and myself. Yeah. Guilt wasn't the reason we donated entirely. There was still that. I'll be honest. My first instinct was to hoard the money. It hurt a little giving yeah. the money to a charity. And mm-hmm. I'll own up to that. I'll be honest. It hurt yeah. a little. Yeah, good. But at the end of the day, I wanted to create that habit of, I have enough and like knowing that I have enough and really understanding the difference between what that money can do for me and what that money can do for someone else. Exactly. That's really noble of you for making no, that decision and no. even recognizing. No, no I, I think it is because look, because you're, you're also like admitting like, look, I didn't want to give it. I also had the instinct of hoarding, yeah. you know, but then you, you said like you're doing this early on in your life. So it becomes a habit. So you don't get that greedy sensation that you don't want in your life that's a very honestly it's a pretty easy first step money that you never were supposed to even have you you give a portion if not all of it away right that's huge because you're not losing anything at yeah, all yeah. you know like at all but like you said survival instinct kicks in as well and that's why we're seeing this behavioral change with people who are going out or doing stuff and it's tricky and even conflating viewpoints i remember early on before the world was taking it seriously I myself was like, why is this getting so much hype? I didn't understand. This Mm -hmm. was like back in maybe January, February. I wonder why this isn't getting either A, more attention and we should be taking it more seriously or B, why it's getting too much attention and it's not that big of a deal. It's just like a common flu, which was what the the phrase was saying. Ah, it's just like another flu. Ah, it's just like another flu. And when it happened and when there was that spike uh, news story in Davis Mm -hmm. where my sister actually was work was um in the same halls as where the out where the suspected person with COVID-19 was living that kind of hit home mm-hmm. but I was but then when it came out as oh it was a false yeah. alarm then it kind of reinforced you know people making uh making it bigger than it actually is and then it wasn't until I started talking to like close family doctors and I was still taking it seriously, like, okay, you know, when I'm traveling, I'm going to shower and do stuff or wash my hands more often, all the basic Mm -hmm. things, but I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going to do all this, blah, 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 blah. Until the United States government says we're doing a 15-day guidelines for no more than 10 people gathering and and all the six feet social distancing and all that stuff. Once that kicked in, I said, okay, this is affecting us now. This isn't just affecting Asia and Europe. This is affecting us. And I'm glad that our leaders finally reacted, mm-hmm. whether the timeliness of it, regardless how late or whatever your views are on that. If honestly, if our president said that this is serious and we need to do this, that that says something, right. especially right now. I'm just glad it didn't become a political issue and it's truly becoming more scientific. And I used to obsessively look at the numbers for Colorado mm-hmm. and it was so stressful. And I think 
because I think when everyone started like texting me and every time anyone called me is immediately like oh how is it where you are and it got really exhausting to have to answer and to like to be reminded that, yeah. of well it's bad like it's still bad <laughs> it's only getting worse <laughs> you you know that like it's bad almost everywhere right now and so right I think it, it got like and obviously I appreciate people checking up on me and everything but I think I really had to just stop. I don't really look at the news anymore. I will watch like the mm-hmm. late night shows and kind of get my debriefing from that. But I stopped watching. I never really watched the White House briefings, but I like specifically don't watch them. I like go out of my way to make mm-hmm. sure I'm not watching them anymore. I'm not looking at the numbers anymore. I'm really just trying to you know, kind of stay out of it as much as possible because it was getting so stressful and it was affecting my attitude and my emotions. So I kind of just had to stop. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Had like, at least in the United States, the government said, okay, shelter in place, no one can go anywhere versus hey, we're just going to do this for the next 15 days. These are some new things we're implementing. And like, okay, now we're extending it. And here are some tighter Mm -hmm. restraints. I think that was actually a pretty smart move. I don't know who called that. But social behavior wise, if you just like put the red light there, at least there was a yellow light, you know, to indicate that change is coming versus it being all all at once and abrupt. But back to the journalism portion where you were saying like when you were a reporter, when I was a reporter in college, our job was to listen, mm-hmm. right, as not being an expert and being a 20% knowledge person and listening to people who maybe have the other 80% as the experts at universities, right? It was very difficult to convey that behavior and mentality to people that you live with during the shelter in place. And even as the reporter, you're like, how can I decipher all this information? There's a lot coming in. So what I did to make sure that my family specifically was all on the same page, I made a family briefing presentation. (laughs) And um, I gathered uh, sources from the CDC and the World Health Organization. And I just looked at that, kind of nothing else. A couple experts here and there to just get, you know, analysis of those things, but try to mostly focus all the information from those two sources. And um, I think I told you I made this on the week we didn't record and I had some free time and that's Mm -hmm. what I ended up making. I even made a video and posted it on a YouTube channel. It's only like 15 minutes or something, but, and it really helped my family at least say, okay, here are all the numbers and like what's important. But the real issue is just everyone's getting sick at the same time and hospitals Mm -hmm. are getting overwhelmed. And that's why we need to keep our physical distance to ensure that people in the hospitals can be treated so that disease doesn't spread. And, you know, that's really the crux of the issue is just not getting the healthcare system overwhelmed. And that's what flattening the curve really means. And we all have, we all have a social responsibility to ensure that happens. Whether or not you get sick, your presence elsewhere risks other people getting sick because you can still be asymptomatic and get someone who's older. And that's just devastating. You you literally have someone's life in your hands, but you just don't know whose. And the way you keep yourself away from that 
is by being socially responsible and going out only when you need groceries and basic things and doing the best you can with what you have where you have it. Yeah. How have you been preventing cabin fever or glassing it during this time? I'm, again, very fortunate to be with my parents and my siblings where we can, we had a lot to catch up on. My sister's in college. I'm a couple years out of college, you know, doing work stuff. My dad's full time. My mom's doing a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things and, and everyone's busy. So when it's during the week and we're all fortunate enough to be either A, employed or doing school from home kind of thing, it's great because we all can come back and over dinner and we eat, we take turns who makes dinner, who cleans. We try to do card games afterwards, pick out movies to watch together. We try to do things in community. And then also going for walks outside, I need to be outside. I'm definitely more on the extroverted end of the spectrum and same with my dad. So we've been keeping ourselves busy by going on walks and doing things together like that. The other day and actually even today, last week was my sister's birthday we didn't really know how to celebrate it. So we blindfolded her as one of the, we had multiple indoor activities, like a scavenger hunt for her presence, relatives who came to visit from afar and just kind of kept their distance, dropped off a gift and kind of left sort of thing. For the neighborhood though, we blindfolded my sister and brought her out in the middle of the street and everyone in their neighborhood, in the neighborhood got out and like sang happy birthday from their homes. And that was kind of really cute and fun. And even after that, like people got a little closer, like instead of standing on their lawns, they got in mm-hmm. the in the street and we were just like talking from really far away. And it was really, really nice. And uh, there was lots of laughter and that social interaction. Everyone was on a high. We're like, OK, let's do the same time every Saturday, same time. Uh, so that's what's going to be happening here pretty soon. And so everyone's just going to come out and we're just going to talk from our from where we live. So also very lucky to have that as well. But those are some of the things we've been doing. So just like reading, dinners, cards, games, movies, phone calls with other people and establishing connections that you've wanted to catch up on or maintain, and then community gathering locally in the neighborhood, but from a distance. Yeah, we've all definitely had to get creative. Uh, one of the creative solutions that I'm going to try to implement today is shadow ball. Do you no. know what shadow ball is? And it, it's like playing any sport that involves a ball, but it's an invisible ball. <laughs> so it sounds dumb, but it's it's actually probably right now is probably the best time to play it. So let's let's take volleyball, for example. Bump, mm-hmm. set, spike, right? So like if I'm standing on one side of the street and someone's standing on the other, I would do rock, paper, scissors to see who gets mm-hmm. the ball first and then throw the ball and bump it to the person across the street. They would set it and I would spike it invisibly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you could get the whole game. You could do like basketball and like five dribbles in a pass and just get creative. You can do a lot with your creativity with an invisible ball in soccer, basketball, volleyball, baseball. If you have a really good announcer and just pretend, oh, pop line, center field, you know, stuff like that. Like you can make it fun. Tennis. So I'm going to actually try to suggest that today my sister is actually going to be leading an outdoor yoga class when everyone's on their <laughs> lawns. <laughs> so we're we're really making it fun despite the distance and yeah. danger. What about you? What are some things that you've been doing? I know you live alone and you got your your uh, cat for some <laughs> positive energy. What sort of things have you been doing? Well, I think being productive has probably been the most important thing for me just keeping Mm -hmm. productive getting things done that has been the best way to kind of shift my energy from feeling lethargic and dull to 
feeling just a little bit better. And I've been able to spend a lot more time playing with my cat and like hanging out with Mm -hmm. him. And that's been really fun. I've been sleeping more, which has been really helpful. Not, I don't sleep in, but unless it's a weekend, but I sleep earlier sometimes. So that's been good. I have been reading a lot more. For me, I've just been more conscious again of the things that positively impact my mood and the things that don't and kind of realizing what I need when. Like if I need to binge watch a TV show and that's what's going to make me happy mm-hmm. at that on that day, then that is what I'll do. Versus if it's a day where I really need to be more productive and that's what's going to make me feel better, then I'll do that. So it, it's been a very reflective period of time. I think that's good that you recognize what can curb your mindset. So if you need to be productive to feel better, you know that. Or if you need to be more relaxed and watch a show or read, you know that. I think I struggled with that early on because I was wanting to be productive mode all the time. And so when I felt like I couldn't fulfill that productivity, I was kind of going crazy. But then I realized this is like a staycation. Take advantage of it. I'm fortunate to be able to take advantage of it. And the weeks do feel longer because you can't, you're not having a change of scenery. I either have to change my attitude or let life drive me insane and I didn't want to I didn't want to go insane so (laughs) how do you think the world was going to look at this few years down the line maybe even 10 years later like what how do you think it will be viewed and what do you think will change I think we'll have to find a new normal yeah you know we're hearing things like social distancing will be a part of our lives until 2022 and I think the fact Mm -hmm. that we don't know what we don't know. We don't know if this illness has any permanent impacts to our bodies, to our health. We really don't know a lot. And I think that's what's really scary. I'm hoping that we learn to be more grateful and that we learn to be more selfless and that we are more considerate. I'm hoping that this gives us more good habits than bad and that it teaches us mm-hmm. that we are a part of a community versus teaching us to set extra boundaries because I can see it going either way. But I'm also hoping that it teaches us that humans are creative enough to find solutions to problems. And we've made it through a lot and we can make it through more but how we've made it through everything is by being human and we can't lose that especially not now yeah well said i mean it will be interesting how we do find that new normal like one of those things that i think will be new in that new normal is the ability to work from home if you have that luxury Mm -hmm. it'll be it was more of a taboo in the state to work from home and now i feel like it will be less so i think a digital economy is going to come out of this businesses that were unable to come up with a creative solution to still provide their goods and services when they couldn't physically interact with Mm -hmm. their customers those will probably slowly start diminishing if they don't operate digitally Family-wise and human-wise and friendship-wise, I think people are going to start valuing the friendships and social relationships and family members that they do have in their lives because they, they were absent for so long. And hopefully be more grateful 
recognize what you have, recognize who were the people that got us out of it when we do mm-hmm. get out of it, and maybe just have better hygiene practices in general. I mean, washing your hands and covering your mouth and stuff is tough. It are things that most people are brought up to practice. And now I think there'll be more to point at it. Like, this is why we do this to prevent this. And we have other measures you can take on top of that. Like wearing a mask is more common in Asia and who knows it might be more common in the States eventually. Regardless, I still think that there will be good that comes out of this, even though right now we're in the bad and it will take a while for that new normal to be established. But I still think humanity is an adaptive species and we will adapt and we will come out um, more aware and uh, stronger as a result. And it's better to keep six feet apart right now for the short period of time than be six feet underground. Mm-hmm. Any last things you want to say on the subject? Just stay safe, take care of yourself. Yeah, stay home, stay safe. With great power comes great responsibility, and our responsibility is to stay home. And just (laughs) do what you got to do to get through it. Your mental health, your peace of mind is so, so important. And Mm -hmm. really focus on that, especially now. Do not try to push through things because you feel like you have to. Set boundaries. Really just take care of yourself. Well said.